Dig On Doug podcast. And we're going to get live. We're going to get you ready because you're going to be in for an earful, baby. Let's go. Yo, yo, it's Dig On Doug. Dig On Doug. Dig On Doug. It's your number one spot. Dig On Doug. Dig on Doug, dig on Doug, another episode drop. This is Dig on Doug, we speak on things we love, sports, books, and grub. Listen, we know what's up with movies, relationships, dynamites, main event, politics too, in the airways, latest hits. If I like it, then I name it. If I love it, I'll explain it. It's my podcast to play with or experiment. We explore our differences. Fact is, we ain't nothing without photosynthesis. So get a load of this. Lock in and focus in. Informative discussions with substance you can't afford to miss. Steer you from the shallow pits of hopelessness. Change your mind state from renting to ownership. We on some showmanship. Set goals and go for it. Share what I know so you don't have to go through it. There's alternatives, hope kinds and turns and twists. Yo, it's dig on Doug, fool. You know you heard of this. All right, all right. What's going on, good people? Welcome to another episode of Dig on Doug. So excited to do this episode. I've been telling some people about this episode ahead of time. And and me and my my, my great host, who who's coming back again. Uh, my, my guy, Chuck Charles Anderson, you know, uh, the, the therapist with with so much knowledge and, and so much information out here helping lives. So what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, man, out here just living a life, uh, you know, out here taking some self-care for myself, mm-hmm. uh, doing a little camping. But, man, life is good, man. I'm excited to be here, excited to be on another episode with you. And, you know, hopefully it's informational for those that are listening. Hey, I mean, you know what the last episode did, uh, I mean, that you was on, so it's, it's been growing the network, so super excited about that, and and people listening to the episode and reaching out and gaining some more about therapy, so it's so important um, in that and, and what therapy is and how it helps you and helps us individually grow. Um, so today, we are talking about a very uh, interesting subject, so men, emotions, and sports, and so... Um, I thought about this as Chuck, you know, we were trying to collab on some some episodes and all this stuff. And I was like, man, it's like men and emotions and and in sports, like because yeah. men and emotions go so weirdly together because it's such a, you know, almost a juxtaposition. It's like, oh, man and emotions. What are you talking about? But then you throw sports in there and then emotions come out, but they're so differently. And so why did this uh, interest you as well? So, I've, you know, I'm a big sports guy myself you know i i i try to follow most major sports uh you know but my passions are definitely football and basketball and a little bit of baseball even though you know that's tailed off in the years but i've actually branched out into soccer and a couple other things i even watched a few hockey games every now and again but uh but looking at sports man growing up in the inner city you know what was available to us was football and and baseball and or, or i'm sorry basketball and uh, so that's kind of what attracted me, you know, diehard Raiders fan, you know, that's that's my squad. Uh, so I'm w- definitely watching what they do. Uh, but what's inter- interesting about sports and uh, emotions is that there's there's so much on display if you're looking. Yeah. If you're watching the game man, there's so much emotion that goes into it that we don't see from men normally. Mm hmm. Right. You know, on the streets, we see we see anger and frustration or, you know, a little bit of um, 
of sadness, but in sports, man, you get the whole gamut. You get <laughs> joy, anger, frustration, uh, apathy. You know, you, you you get you get you know many bouts of anxiety, and you just oh man, it's amazing. Like you know, as a therapist, it, it's it's crazy because I can't watch anything now without seeing mm-hmm, yeah. some form of 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 emotion come out. Um, yeah, yeah. So and I enjoy it. No, it's it's funny because with sports and men, like the range of emotions come, but it's usually not subscribed like that. It's like oh, like they just care about their team. Like it's very minimalized. Right. It's like oh, it's the dedication. I was reading the article. It's like men and sports is usually put under passion. It's, it's dedication, but it's really the the gamut of emotions. But we don't allow it to look like that. I was talking with some uh, some folks last week. Uh, when I was down there in Florida and we were, and I was sharing with them like this episode of like uh, being able to work on this episode. And I was telling them, and especially it was some of the, some sisters there. And I was saying, I was like, yeah, sports is really the only world where many emotions are allowed, but they're really not acknowledged at the same time. Right. 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 And, it, and I think, you know, one of the, one of the reasons for that is because as men, unfortunately, some of our environments are taught are, or teach us to not have emotions, yeah. mm-hmm. to harden to, you know, situations in life. And so we, we, we go through learning those things traditionally and it's not beneficial for us. Um, you know, again, growing up in the inner city, you know, very few opportunities allow you to express sadness mm-hmm. or hurt or, you know, any other thing that, you know, would be considered non-masculine. Yeah. And so, you know, if you talk to somebody, you know, in your neighborhood, you, you know, especially where I grew up and you say, well, hey, man, I felt abandoned. You felt what? Mm-hmm. Abandoned? What? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm out here on my own. Oh, fool, man. Get out of here with that, man. You better come on in and just relax on all that. We ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> it's, it's not allowed, and how my brain's taking it right now, is not allowed to process. So it's like putting, it's like clogging up like a system in your body. That's what it's literally doing because Absolutely. it's not allowed to get processed to go through what it needs to do. And then that's when you get things of exploding. You see sports, you see fans who will punch their TV because their their team lose or you know, they do these very extreme things. And because that 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 emotion wasn't allowed to be processed through fully, like I was reading an article the other day that talked about even when younger, like boys and girls, when they're younger and they have emotions, the statistics show men are held, boys are held way less than girls when, when yes. things happen and Girls will be allowed it. And it said there's no difference between boys and girls, men and women with their emotions of what they can process. But it's being right. in, a, in an environment to be able to process those things. Exactly. So, again, you know, one of the things I was saying earlier is like environment. Environments are so important when it comes to emotions. And, you know, a lot of it, people don't realize it happens in our formative years, zero to five. Mm-hmm. that's where the bulk of emotions are developed. Uh, and if, you know, if we don't go back and, and look at our rearing and the avenues that, you know, are provided to us then, well, you know, our learning starts way back then. So imagine, imagine being a, you know, a toddler 
you know, two or three, you know, terrible twos, as they call it, right? And you stub your toe. Mm-hmm. And that parental figure says, hey, what happened? You know, they, they're pretty aggressive. And, and, you know, the child is crying and trying to articulate what they're going through. And you're like, all right, suck it up. You're all right. You're all right. Well, guess what that child is going to learn? Mm-hmm. That I can't even get hurt. I can't stub my toe and be able to express that it hurts. Yeah. And I'm sad at the same time. Now I, I have to, as a, you know, as a male child, I have to suck this up and not display this emotion. So, mm-hmm. you know, you fast forward that five years instead of being three. Now I'm eight. I'm riding my bike and I fall on my bike and I scrape my knee. Well, chances are I'm not going to cry, especially if other people are around me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to suck that up and be like, ah, right now I'm, I could be bleeding profusely. But I can't cry. I can't come home crying. And so you take that and then you fast forward it another 10 years. Now you're 18. Man, you're just hardened to the world. Yeah. Nothing really affects you. And so you grow up learning how to harden your emotions, stuff them, and then you don't you don't have an outlet for mm-hmm. with somebody to talk to about it. But if you're playing sports. Now you're on the court, you're angry. Yeah. You're 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 doing all kind of things that to get you in trouble, uh, or to, you know, for the coach to bench you. You're you're yelling at the coach and you, mm-hmm. you're doing all this other stuff. Well, man, we're taught that from an early age. And so when you don't get the opportunity to express your emotions, there's a lot of ramifications because of it. Yeah. No, and 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 especially when I think about athletes, um, and and always try to have these conversations with people in the sense of athletes and development, because often, like you're saying, especially coming from inner cities, low income environments, um, like my analogy is like, usually if somebody sees that talent, they're going to polish up the talent, they're going to work on the engine, but they will not work on the inside of the car. Right. Like, they don't care about what the seats are doing, if there's seat belts in there, they're like, nah, like the, the out, we, like it's wax, like they got a new paint job. Like the engine is good. And then if you get somebody who hasn't developed well, now they're being in a sense groomed in a, in a semi good way by somebody who's saw something in them and they haven't seen things in themselves, but then the nature of what's going on in them isn't developed those seats and things and the floors aren't being taken care of. So now you just got a nice shiny car with a good running engine and all this stuff. But then when, when the adversity comes of like, Oh, I got too many people in my car. There's too many people around me, too many people trying to get in the car. The, the car can't fit everybody or I don't right. feel comfortable in the seat, but my outside looks polished. And then that's what the world reads of like, oh, but you're good. And then, you know, we got this notion of people thinking, oh, you got money. You should be OK. You'll be fine. And, you know, you got all this talent. I wish I had this talent. I'm not doing anything over here. And I always hate that narrative of people of like one, your money is going to fix the things. Oh, you got talent because then that's a deficiency of you looking into yourself because you haven't processed again, those things of what's going on in you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're seeing it even more and more, you know, today, you know, with, you know, a lot of athletes are now coming forward and talking about, Hey, my mental health, my mental Mm -hmm. health. We saw it in the Olympics with Simone Biles. We've seen it, you know, in various other industries, uh, you know, in basketball, we've seen, you know, quite a few players begin to start advocating for their mental health. We've seen it in the NFL. Yeah. Um, more people are starting to advocate for themselves. Um, you know, even those things are helpful in in increasing the 
knowledge and the understanding of that, hey, our mental health is affected by our lack of camaraderie, mm-hmm. being able to talk about the things that really affect us. Mm-hmm. Being able to talk about, hey, yeah, I got this money, but it's not satisfying. Yeah, yeah I'm going out and hanging out and looking like I'm having a good time, but inside I'm just, I'm torn up. And so as a therapist, you know, one of my roles is to make sure that we have a good emotional intelligence about us. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, being able to, to say, I'm not just happy, but I'm playful. Well, that playful is an emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's an action, right? To say I'm at peace. You ever hear people say that I'm at peace? Well, that's part of being happy, being at peace. When your inner soul is not happy, you're not at peace. And so that's going to come out in some some way. Uh, When all you get is to be the expression of being angry, aggressive, frustrated, you know, annoyed by people. Well, there is a flip side to that. And, you know, my role as a therapist is to kind of help people expand on that emotion yeah no intelligence if you will you know to help them navigate various situations in their life because there's a wide range of emotions out there that many of us rarely tap into yeah no and 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 that makes me think of like going back to like one somebody having talent and, and working on their talent and then also having money and all of this stuff, whatever it is. And then we get this narrative of like, oh, you shouldn't complain. You, sh- you should just be happy that you have that, that you are that talented. You should be happy that you're 6'10". You shouldn't be complaining that you're that you're tall or you're gifted and all this stuff. And then so then that just creates like all this other pressure of like, well, dang, where can I express this? Where can I? Because if nobody's going to allow me to say like, man, you know what? Today sucks being me. Like, and and that being an okay statement to say, like, right. we don't have to do the whole, well, you know, somebody didn't wake up today, so I should just be, you know, happy. It's like, no, it's today just sucks being me, and that's how I feel. Right. And, you know, I, I correlate that with uh, a lack of having compassion and empathy for the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody has feelings. Everybody has emotions. And sometimes when we negate another person's feelings or emotions, we are part of the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're part of the problem in saying, you know, well, how can a man have emotion when everywhere that they turn, they're shut down? Even when they're trying to express it, somebody's like, well, you, at least you're not like this. Well, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, at least I'm not like that, but I still feel this. Mm-hmm. I still feel this. Yeah, I'm six nine or 200. 60 pounds and I can dunk a basketball with ease, but everybody else can't, but still, there's pressure that come with it. There's pressure in that. Even you telling me that. Yeah. In a sense, you know, and sometimes even that tall person may wish that, man, I wish I was short. Maybe I didn't have these problems. Mm-hmm. But again, that goes back to the internal happiness. Yeah. If a person's not internally happy or internally p- at peace, then everything that happens outside of them, not everything, but I'm, I'm saying everything to, make it more yeah. dramatic a lot of things uh, but yeah a lot of things outside mm-hmm. can be pressure yeah a lot of the emotions that they want to get out they'll just stuff mm-hmm. and it's eventually like i say it's going to come out it's just a matter of how it's going to come out yeah i was i was at the, I, one of the lessons i was at this past week at the conference uh the guy talked about was talking about trauma and he was saying whenever your trauma does come out it's going to come out ugly 
like whenever, <laughs> like whenever and however it comes out. And like one and and I have a. I mean, it's not like we have a direct relationship, but of the person I, I, I have, what we're talking about, I think stems a lot with Kevin Durant. Um, I remember hearing a lot about him growing up and him like, like fighting with himself in the sense of how tall he was and all of this stuff. He didn't want to claim being seven foot. And you see all the stuff he goes through now and all these burners account on Twitter and going back and forth with people and all these fans and just the, the makeshiftness of like what his career has been. And it's that inner peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the sense of just my assessment of what it is, is that inner peace you're longing and searching for something, but you haven't really defined it in yourself because I won't say because, but in lieu to you having a talent and people just wanting to push your talent. And that's the one thing I don't like about sports, especially for black men, you're found with this talent and then that's just nurtured and we don't care about anything else. Right. And again, you know, it's an industry where it's not necessarily built for the individual to find themselves. You're a product. (laughs) (laughs) You're a product. You know, let's just, you know, not get it twisted. You know, when you go to, you know, these major sporting events or, you know, when you become a part of them, you're you don't own yourself anymore. Yeah. Everything that you do is consumed with maintaining the product that you're selling, which is your body, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of athletes, you know, I don't know any, you know, one per se that has, you know, uh, been, let me take that back. I know a few people that have been successful in the uh, national, you know, team, you know, football, yeah. baseball, mm-hmm. basketball, things like that but I don't know exactly what they've gone through to maintain that level of um, proficiency or level of, uh, you know, extreme athleticism Mm -hmm. and what it takes on their mind mentally. You know, I'm totally, I totally want to explore that realm, but -hmm. I don't know, but I can tell you as being a product, you can't do certain things and it will make you unhappy. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just go, you know, bungee jumping. Yeah. If that's on your bucket list, mm-hmm. you're like, no, no insurance is going to allow you to do that. <laughs> you know, you're not going to go skydiving because, you know, if something happens, there's my product. Yeah. And so some of my understanding is, is that you have to kind of sign your life away and not get into extreme things to protect this investment that somebody mm-hmm. else has given it to you. And unfortunately, in, in the African-American culture, it's taught that to get out of this, you only got a few avenues yeah, and that's sports mm-hmm. or, you know, something that's going to make you a lot of money really fast sports or, or, or selling substances. And that's not necessarily true because there's other avenues you can pursue to make money and be happy. Yeah. Again, I'm, I keep saying this word happy because it's one of those emotions that get overlooked a lot mm-hmm. you know just because somebody's smiling doesn't mean that they're happy yeah no it doesn't mean they got inner peace mm-hmm. look, you know look, retail retail <laughs> is the example of being able to put on a smile and a whole bunch of stuff going on on the inside so yeah because it's, it's like the the emotions will like a lot of my friends are people who i work with at times and we bring out that emotion but especially men i'm saying we all, you know, you always look at that like, oh, what's the deeper things of anger and all this stuff. But I, I look at the other side and be like, what emotions haven't you been able to express on the happy side? Yeah. Like, what's the deeper ones of joy, of peace, of like contentment, 
and like really like be like, yeah, like I'm good right now. And so it's like you said, it's a product. And so like when you're, I mean, it sucks just because the way of I'm imagining it is like you're one of the little GI Joe figures on on the shelf. <laughs> and so like you can only go so far, or you be like Toy Story, and you you gotta do what you want when 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 the kids ain't around, and when they come back, you're just a toy again. Right, um, and that's a whole nother level of things to like look into, and that's what so, creates the turmoil. Yeah, you know, so, having to be something that you're not, mm-hmm. and, or and portraying an image that you really don't want to portray. But and, you know, chasing that bag, man, that's what you got to do. In the yeah, sense, no, it's it's yeah, it's, it's it's you know, it's a give and taking, and so I think that's when you get that that conflict of interest of like, oh, like I'm supposed to be blessed and people are telling me I'm supposed to be blessed and I don't complain and I could be Joe over at, you know, Sizzlers working and all this stuff. But it's like when all of that stuff, if all of that stuff is going on in your head and heart and it's like, if you're not processing that, man, that car, that inside of that car is like tattered, like seat is falling apart, all this stuff. There ain't no seatbelts in the car. Um, and so then it comes to, to this identity, like you're saying, the, the, prod, the product, the identity of the product. And then I think I want to like gear towards Then We also think about the fans and then fans having these identities of these teams and especially men like we is always sports. Sports amazes me and baffles me. And it, the sports does so many things. If you really look at the full depth of sports, mm-hmm. like. There's there's senses of communities in 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 these uh in these sports teams and these identities that we have with these teams, but then it also allows for like weird friendships to be made and like connections. Sure. But then like but then there's still a conflict, and then it's like don't step on my famously to don't step on my star and don't do all of this stuff. But then look years later, to go plays for the star. And so right. what, what is it about identities and, and us as fans that, that you see and that's really interesting to like the therapist world? The expression, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like anything else in life, man. Folks want to belong to something. Yeah. And they want to stand behind the things that they belong to. So you assume the identity of that organization or that uh institution that you belong to you take on the characteristics of it institution (laughs) (laughs) right so so you think about you know you speak on to yeah he's playing for the 49ers and then he went to dallas well as a 49er he assumed the role of a 49er you know and he developed the uh the the disdain for that other those other organizations you know everybody's out to get us so we're gonna get them yeah. so then when you switch teams because again you're a product when so, when they're done with you they're done with you yeah. they will trade you mm-hmm. so now you go to the other team that you originally insulted <laughs> and now you take on their personality so guess what he didn't go step you know come back and mess up the san francisco logo i don't recall that but I'm saying I'm sure he had some identities where he just wanted to be like, man, I don't even like y'all no more. You know, I I was hoping to, you know, play my whole career here. I don't know if he said that or not, but, you know, it's just a thought. And then as a fan, you know, do you, are, we, we get so caught up in rooting for our team and we lose sight of the person. Mm-hmm. Just because they went to another team, we're against them now. Yes. So guess what we're creating? We're creating division again. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that do to a person? Well, it it takes them down an emotional roller coaster of anxiousness, 
fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, all of those things happen because, man, look at it now, the cancel culture. People are afraid to even admit or say what they want to say Mm -hmm. because of so many uh, different things that they we have to be careful of or else we're going to get canceled. (laughs) You know, our actors, they can't even act like there's so many, you know, podcasts and things like, you know, talking about how uh, climate uh, in our society has changed. Man, it's changed a lot. We can't be authentic. We can't voice our true opinion because we're worried about offending someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we should just say things to offend people, but I'm like, oh man, you know, if I wanted to go to the store and buy, you know, a soda and, you know, I'm in, uh, back in a Midwest state where they call soda pop. <laughs> well, did I just offend somebody because I said soda? It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. Where are we going? I know we're talking about sports athletes and emotions, no, but, but this but is all, how far this stuff reaches. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, think, and again, think, yeah. yeah, going back to like that inner happiness and that inner peace, man, mm-hmm. we can't, we sacrifice our own inner peace because we're trying to get it from somewhere else yeah. and it won't work. It won't work when we're looking at a sports figure or uh, someone else to, you know, even a spouse or even a, a mate to satisfy us because yeah. we can't, we're human beings and we change all the time. Mm-hmm. But getting that inner peace comes from you, the individual, diving into and understanding why you do the things that you do, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's anything. Mm-hmm. You have to understand what makes you tick. No, and 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 I love the fact that you 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 made it institutions because I I mean I work in education, so institutions, but it's also the same with education, like in the sense of institution. Where were you? Where were you, in a sense, developed? Where were you groomed? What identity did you take on? That's what I always say a lot of times with, um, and I try to encourage any student that I work with or anybody who I meet and they're thinking about school, it really doesn't, for the for the most part, it doesn't matter what school you go to, it's about what you're gonna, what you're gonna bring. Because so often people go to the school like they do for teams to have that team define them. Where I don't, where you don't have to worry about me. Like you could say for football, New England fans could be like, "Oh, you can't say nothing to me." Like you know, we we got championships. Like you you can't talk to me like that. Like oh, like you know, Falcon fans, I don't want to hear anything. Like any like you can be like because that identity goes before them, and you only like you ain't got to come and really worry about me. You know, this is my team, so so game recognized game. You better check. So right. like I ain't got to say nothing of like, oh, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. Oh no, I got Belichick. We're good. Are you want to go Lakers? Are you go Celtics in, in basketball? Oh, you better check the banners. Like, because if you but then if a real conversation come, well, we just got our banners. Like, or I can go because cowboy fans can get weird. Like, and I like to mess with cowboy fans. Right. You know, all, <laughs> all, you know, talk about and like, you know, be like, oh, you watch your stuff on VHS tapes, right? When y'all won something. And we're like, oh, well, we got right. five on the, we got five on the hand. So it's like it, it goes back to this thing of I'm gonna push this stuff in front of you. Don't don't come to my recency of what I'm doing right now, but just know the history. And, and I tell people, especially cowboy fans, when they say to them, like, just because you had a million dollars in the 90s, if you ain't got that million dollars now and growing on it, what does it mean? Like, yeah. like what does it it really go for? So, but it's always so dangerous because we do that stuff all the time, and all of us do it with, with things, but it's have we really done that work internally? 
where we're not making some outside source, like you were saying, our identity. Like some people do the same of like, oh, like I'm married. Okay, I'm not, I ain't single, so, but I'm married. Like, and all of that, and I don't mean that is good. You just saying I'm married or I'm with somebody and it's the convenience so people don't come to your true self. You can push something out, an identity that's supposed to speak for you and be validation for you. Right. So when we're talking about teams, you hear this all the time. Every sports announcer, when the team's not doing well, they say the chemistry's off. Mm-hmm. Chemistry on a team is really important because you have to have somebody that brings this team together. You have to have somebody that's emotionally stable enough to be able to look at every other player, every individual role player on that team to make sure that each one does their plays their role mm-hmm. and does their job. Without great chemistry, teams don't succeed. Yeah. Now, where does chemistry come from? It's internal. <laughs> it's how well is that leader internally grounded? You can't buy chemistry. Right? You look at, huh? You can't buy chemistry? No, you can't. I mean, you can go buy a chemistry set, yeah. but you can't put them, you know, those, those things. You have to be able to put all of those parts together to make sure that whatever you're trying to create works. Mm-hmm. And if you got five alpha males, Right. Because, you know, in sports, these are the elite of the elites and most of them are alphas. If you got five alpha males and one of those five don't become the ultimate alpha, Mm -hmm. that team's going to implode. Yeah. That's why so many teams get rid of, you know, star players because they don't commiserate well with the other player, the other star athlete. Mm -hmm. You know, very few teams have had more than three superstars on the same team i mean we can look at you know what miami did with lebron wade and bosh yeah right those are three individual superstars at at one point in their time but they all came together somebody had to bring chemistry mm-hmm. somebody had to balance all of that out Can't have three on and it probably wasn't <laughs> the people that we thought about you know what i mean yeah i mean you look at golden state right now who's the alphas on there mm-hmm I don't know. I can't really see it. I mean, I can speculate, yeah. but I'm like, man, those guys understand each other. I mean, you you probably want to say Draymond Green, right? Well, he's Draymond. He's a superstar in his world, mm-hmm. but he's not the Jordan, the Kobe's, the Steph, the Clay, right? He's yeah. he's he's a mouthpiece, mm-hmm. and he has a particular role on that team. He can bring energy. He can bring excitement. He's going to advocate for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Steph, he's the he's you know, he kind of got that little quiet personality, but he'll get at you. Yeah. You know, you know, Clay, he seems like the more balanced person on the team. Like, he, you know, he's just kind of going and doing his thing. But man, Clay still he got a killer mentality. Yeah. So you can't really judge it. But it's in those locker rooms where these things come out mm-hmm. and you start understanding like, man, these guys have somebody. And I'm going to tell you. In my personal opinion, it's Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr understands people. Yeah. He understands how to get people to do what they need to do. And he learned from a great guy, Phil Jackson. He played for Phil for years, right? And Pop, of it. And Pop, right? So when you look at emotions, like that person up front has to understand yeah. themselves first mm-hmm. to be able to help other people understand who they are. And, you know, you mentioned the emotions, Will. I know I'm getting long-winded. The emotions, Will, is a, is an amazing tool. I have, you know, several 
copies of it printed out and put various places in in my home and in my office because mm-hmm. I want to continue to uh, develop my emotional intelligence. Yeah, I I, I just don't want to say I'm angry. I want to say mm-hmm. you know, man, I'm mad today because I felt humiliated. Yeah. I'm mad today because I felt betrayed or mm-hmm. ridiculed right or violated like all those are emotions that yeah you know i'm just mad i'm just angry nah well what exactly is it yeah so when you're looking at sports and you see that that person you know slamming the basketball and then running down the court and they got this angry face on it that ain't anger yeah that's dominance mm-hmm. right that's that could be construed as happy like man i'm proud of what i just did yeah so you have to understand the different faces of emotions as well mm-hmm. no it's, it's like we we had this last run with uh not we but like um the warriors had this last run and all the stuff of like what steph was going through and and the thing is like all this stuff on the outside of like he hears it like they all you know the athletes always say they don't hear it, but they hear it that's so like when you, when you finally get to that moment of being like it's the famous uh the famous image of steve young when somebody grabbed a monkey off his back in that super bowl and he's like man it's like i can finally take that off there that that brings a level of one competition and 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 focusness but then once you're able to work through it it's not getting over it it's not going under it it's not it's not just going another way but when you actually go through it that's when you can like really get that relief and and so, so many people since we're so used to putting uh, uh a certain scope and lens and understanding on the people and it's like oh like they're mad it's like when like the the, the thing of like directly like to and tom brady tom brady can yell at people and his passion to yell at people and it's like he's mad he's upset he's disrupting the team but it's like it's all passion and and now, some of it is all different and it's development, but it's that inner work. And one of, I really like Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams has been doing a lot of inner work. Like he's been doing a right. lot of work. And he recently said on a podcast, he was saying how when he went and played with the Ravens, I didn't even remember he played with the Ravens for a minute. And he said he walked in that locker room and they had Ray, they had Ed, uh, they had uh, Terrell Suggs. He and a couple of, he was like, yeah, I'm not built like them. He's like, I'm not. And he knew in his own self, that that wasn't him and his mentality. I don't think he played that much longer after that, but mm. there's a piece in that when you could be like, mm, you know what? If that's the requirement, I'm not there. Right. Like, and, and, and that's okay. And that, and that's the inner peace that he has. It doesn't have to change what they are and what they do, but it's the inner peace that I have and that I've worked with. Like, oh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go over here and, and, and be this person. Right. Um, and and that's that that like you're saying that emotional intelligence that's that development of what it is and then as fans it's being able to say hey i remember when i was in grad school and and we did human development and we were doing fourth order fifth order and all that stuff of human development and i was like ooh i was like okay i got an unhealthy relationship with the philadelphia eagles like it's it's like i love my sports team but my identity shouldn't be tied directly like that like they shouldn't sure. them losing or winning shouldn't sway my direct emotions i'll be like oh okay yeah it was a sucky loss or we got a great win but like it shouldn't dictate how i feel on monday right right the 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 day after so i should be able to go and enjoy it have a good time be a representative of this team 
but this team doesn't represent me and my direct core values and everything. They're not always going to line up because I'm I'm at a different level. Right. And you said you said it a second ago. It's the identity. How do we identify when you don't have a strong inner uh, confidence? You're going to develop into something. Yeah. You're going to gravitate towards something. And if your identity becomes that that sports team, if, you know, let's say that that individual that follow whatever team and their whole life is surrounded by that team's color, that team's mantra, their, you know, values, their goals, your, you know, their what their culture, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And something happens to that team and you go down. Well, that says that you haven't done the work on yourself mm-hmm. to find inner peace. Your identity isn't your own. Yeah. Mm. So how do you get that? How do you get to having your own identity? Well, man, it's going to take work. It's going to take somebody willing to see you and help you find that for yourself. As we get older, we're supposed to get more mature, right? And we do. Yeah. But emotionally, we don't. Mm -hmm. We can stay stuck in those same emotions we had at 14 and and carry them all the way till we, you know, die at some point. Yeah. Uh, if we don't have somebody that's willing to be patient with us and help us navigate it, you know, and, and again, I said it before, one of my roles as a therapist, because I see it all the time is that no matter what you do, there's some emotional dysregulation within all of us. Oh yeah. Because a lot of us don't learn men exclusively how to have other emotions because oh. it's always jaded by someone another male that says you can't display that i remember uh one of the emotions that i think i said this last time uh i didn't cry for about 27 years um and you know i remember being eight years old my great-grandmother passed away and you know i was you know i was one of her primary caregivers um, you know, when my grandmother wasn't there, you know, I used to have to help change her diaper and get her bathed and do all that stuff. So, you know, at eight, you know, doing that kind of stuff, man, you kind of develop an intimate relationship with, with people. And when she passed away, I remember I was, we were at the funeral and, you know, I'm bawling my eyes out and I can't remember who this person was, but they, they took me outside the, the chapel and was like, look, straighten up. You can't cry. Men don't cry. Get back in there and be strong for your family. And I remember feeling so dejected at that moment. And I was mad and frustrated. I'm like, you don't even know what I'm feeling inside. And you tell me I can't. So Mm -hmm. I assumed that role. I was like, okay, men don't cry. And that stuck with me for 27 years. Yeah. So I remember riding my bike, you know, hitting a tree, not crying. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And you can imagine what riding your bike, hitting the tree is like, you want to cry because, you know, all that inertia is going to that handlebar and you're like, ah, no crying. Look, I I was riding my bike one time and hit a stop sign. So I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No tears. I'm not saying I didn't cry, you know, like, you know, being sad at some point. I'm saying like an emotional, just a reaction to man, I'm sad. I want to cry. I want to shed a tear or watching a movie, you know, that had some sad points in it, you know, to where I was allowed to express my emotions. I would hold that stuff in mm-hmm. like, no, nah, man, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't going to be no punk. You know, yeah. I can't, I can't be seen like this. 
Mm-hmm. I remember the day I actually finally cried. Like I didn't cry at my father's funeral. I didn't cry at my uh, great grandmother's. Well, after that, I didn't cry at her funeral. Very other people's uh, passing. I just wouldn't shed a tear, even though I was hurt mm-hmm. and sad inside. But it wasn't until a lot of years later where one of my best friends in the world, his wife passed away. And, uh, you know, I'm former military and they did a uh, 21 gun salute. Mm-hmm. And those shots, man, just rang true. And I felt like this floodgate just, mm. just released. It was like a dam that just burst. Yeah. And uh, I haven't stopped crying since. Because <laughs> it was amazing. And that was the first yeah. moment I realized, like, man, crying is okay. Not just in a setting where you're supposed to, but yeah. in any setting. Yeah. If you're sad, go for it. Mm-hmm. And then that helped me to start exploring the other emotions in my life. Yeah. No, I mean, it hits you. And, and it's funny because like, as we're talking, it, it reminded me, like, again, sports and emotions is like the allowed space for men to be emotional, but it's disguised, emo- disguised emotions. Because I laugh, there's that commercial out there of, like, if you buy a jersey with a certain credit card, if the player changes teams, they're going to allow you to switch for free to get the new jersey on the new team. Oh wow. and, they're, and they're showing these men crying. One guy's soaking in a bathtub, like because and you got in the background a player, ex-player is leaving the team and they just can't deal with it. And he one his daughter comes up to him and is like, Oh, well, you can exchange the jersey, dad, and just switch it. But that's not fully dealing with what's that inner thing is you're just switching a jersey now. Like right. and again a product. And you're literally switching just a product. But you got these emotions inside that, like you said, hasn't really been given a lot of space to process, to deal with, to really grow with. And and so it's always funny when I see TV tugging at those emotions, but they're they're not they're not because they're not going to do the work of like really this really help you. But they're going to tug at your emotions to get you to get you do some product kind of thing. Either you're going to buy that credit card now right. and try to apply for it and maybe do all you can because you're like you know what i can't stand how these players switch teams and all this stuff and if they do switch teams i still like them so but like if i get this credit card i'm gonna I'm be able to just switch jerseys whenever and then it's like are you like oh, okay i'm gonna just be able to mm-hmm. I have the credit card already so i'm gonna just be able to switch jerseys to just alleviate that grief and that sadness of what i'm going through and not even even when and this is always a funny thing about like sports and fandom and athletes and all this stuff. Why do you like a player? I don't even know if a lot of people ask themselves that. It's like, oh, they produce on the field. Like, but but what is it mm-hmm. beyond that? Like, what is you know, one of the things that I've been recently processing in my head, like a new jersey to buy for the Eagles. Like, we got a couple of good rookies. Um, Jordan Davis, the, the player from uh um, um Georgia. Massive guy, 6'6", can run and all this stuff. And so um, the reason I'm starting to lean towards buying his jersey is because there was this clip recently of him in practice, like manhandling our, the center. Like he had the center jumping like backwards, like he was bull rushing. Mm-hmm. And so the, the media asked him like, oh, hey, like his media's like, hey, you know, that clip, you know, about when you like was uh, bullying the center and all that stuff. And he was he flatly said, he's like, man, I hate that clip. He was like, because it's only painting one picture of the battle that me and, and the, the player has had. There's been plays when he's gotten me and, and, but we're not playing that clip. And he's like, then there's meetings when we moments when we have stalemates 
So he's seeing the full picture of it. Of right. like, it's not about just me in this one moment that y'all got, and you just want to run it across the internet. Like to say that I hate that because there's a balance of truth of what the real relationship is, and that's what happens so much. We get this one clip of something like, like you're saying earlier, cancel culture. Oh, this person's bad. It's like, but what about the history? What about the trueness of what right. it is? We all mess up. Kevin Hart said something so powerful years ago about all this stuff. Count count go. You're like. What the hell happened to Oops? <laughs> like, and, like, and, I just, <laughs> and I just laughed when he said that because I'm like, yeah. Right. And that's funny, man, because it's like it almost feels like we're trying to create this perfect person. We, or we're trying to create we, this perfect. We can't, we can't be that. We feel like we can't be that perfect person. So we project it on other people for them. to Yes. Be. Yes. And we, we stop allowing the person to be who they really are. Mm-hmm. And once we recognize, man, that we're all we actor, person, housewife, house husband, whatever, yeah. we still have emotions. We mm-hmm. all have those things that make us sad. We all have those things that make us happy. We all have those things that uh, make us feel sad or or gusted or disproved or weak or whatever it is. Until we recognize each of us carries those things and allow us to be able to express them and not get caught up in the culture of this affection. You know, you have to be this way in order to make it or be a part of this group. Man, we're going to continue in this cycle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's needed. I'm not saying that, you know, uh, some folks have to have that to operate. What I'm stressing today is that we have to be emotionally intelligent to navigate life in a way to understand the other person. Exactly. And to work cohesively with each other in a little space so that some catastrophic does happen. You know, uh, the, the NFL world has really began looking at CTEs and, you know, traumatic brain injuries, right? Mm-hmm. And fortunately, they're starting to look at the people. Yeah. They're starting to look at the individual. More sports are starting to look at the individuals and care more about the individuals because, you know, there's an old adage, man. If a business takes care of the people, the people will want to be there. Exactly. Well, to take care of people, you got to understand what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. What makes them act the way they act. Now, man, can you satisfy everyone? No, no. But you can understand everyone mm-hmm. and you can help everyone know that they play a valuable role with your company, with your team, with your whatever, even in your own personal life. Like, hey, what value do you place in my life? Me and another buddy were talking about me and your relationship and what uh, what do what value do we add to each other? And I said, man, we're just starting but there's a value that we get just by knowing each other and knowing your strength and knowing my strength that, man, that's invaluable. Yeah. I have another comrade that I can refer somebody to to say, hey, man, if you're experiencing this, talk to this person right here because I think they'll understand you. Mm-hmm. Even when somebody else may not understand you, this person has lived some life, man, have a conversation with him. And he's a cool cat. Yeah. Right. So even as our relationship develops, it helps me have another resource 
for someone else and myself. Yeah. Yeah, as I always say, it's um, when you meet somebody, they not be may may not be the direct plug for your outlet, but they may get you to another person that's the plug for that outlet. Like, and those relationships Absolutely. are just so beautiful when when you can just be. It's like I was talking with some brothers yesterday, and I was like, "Man, I was like, if we don't just go talk to humans, like because we put so many categories on people, it's like just go talk to a human." Like, cause that's that's what they are, at, and you want to boil it down <laughs> exactly. to a basic thing. Go talk to a human, and and you know every relationship isn't going to forge well. Like it's not, you know, it's every relationship is different. Every interaction is different with a person. So and you know timing, there's timing and all this stuff. But again, just boiling it all down to that to that inner work. And so if somebody came to you, uh, Charles, and was like, man, it's like, man, I heard the podcast. Hopefully you get a lot of these and, you know, trying to get you some more clientele. Um, you know, somebody's like, oh, man, I heard this. And it's like, man, I was really thinking about my, my sports fandom and all this stuff. And it's like, man, it's really unhealthy. What what would be some steps you, you would want to suggest for them to really start that process? Maybe they're not directly starting to work with you, but maybe they just want to start to get the process going. Well, the first thing I would do is be like, man, what team are you rooting for? And if it's not the Raiders or the Lakers, then we, we ain't talking. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe it's your team. No. <laughs> Have you thought about black and silver recently? <laughs> right, exactly. You like changing your color dynamics might help. No. Um, it would again, some steps that we would take, man, is just, first of all, is trying to understand the person, right? One, I got to know what, who you are, what, what you're about in order to be able to help because not everybody's help is going to look the same. Yeah. Um, and if, and if you're caught up in the identity of a sports team, well, Hey, help me understand why, what about that identity works? Right. And then we can move on from there to see if there's, you know, other things that are needed again, you know, I'm working in a therapeutic environment. Um, to where, you know, everything has a certain meaning to that individual. Mm. So, so yeah, you know, understanding why they choose that team color will give me a lot of information to help me understand, you know, more about them, more about their personality, more about, you know, some of the things that they, other things that they choose in life. And so mm. we can go from there and, you know, launch on a whole different thing, whole, whole subject matter of things. And then, tying their emotions into them to show them that even as you root for this particular team and their colors, you still have emotions tied to them. Yeah. And so, you know, again, just looking at some of those things organically and and helping that person figure out like, you know, if, if self-esteem is an issue, if abandonment is an issue, if uh, rejection is an issue, then we could, you know, launch on a whole different, type of path and then finding somebody that's willing to work with them second you know mm-hmm. work with them uh because i'm not everybody's counselor i'm not for everybody and then you know making sure that i can plug them into somebody that i feel like they would work better with yeah no that's 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 real and it's it's the the deep dives of these things and and development um one of the the interesting stories about choosing teams and all this stuff. I know my, my brother um, was a Niner fan growing up. Um, 
And then he's a Broncos fan now uh, due to location and all this stuff, but also due to the fact that our, when our dad died, he buried himself with all his Niner stuff. Right. Um, and so my, my brother chose differently um, for his own sake and, and, and things of that nature. And so uh, we get those times to, to really think and choose. And then we also have, then there's also the, the scariness of, legacy and being born into something and what does all of that mean that's a whole nother identity thing and right moving away from the family because some families will shun you if you're uh, part of another team or whatever and it's like i'm like oh okay like all y'all need to work on something right. so, <laughs> <laughs> like i got who was it i was listening to somebody on a podcast and they were like i think they're 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 a Dodger fan. Then their their son or whatever became a um a Giants fan or something else. And they were like, nah, I told him he had to change when he wanted to put that that stuff on. He had to do it in the garage. He couldn't do it in the house. And I'm like, <laughs> it's funny, but it's like we got to make sure we like having some real conversations at the same time because that could mess somebody up. Right. So. Man, uh, man, Charles, it's it's an, it's it's another good one. I mean, and we got some ideas for some other stuff. I love the ideas. We we won't talk about it now. You know, we'll surprise the people of of right the ideas that are coming. And as we dive deeper into this, um, I mean, these are just things again we have to really look at at a deeper level, and especially for men. I mean, this is a this is a call. If you're listening to this, if you are a man, if you if you're a woman. Uh, whoever you are, you're really taking this in and it's like, this is really starting to to think about you and yeah, sports and all that stuff for men. Like we, we can look at that and like, that's where we can really express ourselves often as em- emotionally, but let's dig deeper than that. And let's understand what's going on because we all have some clogged tailpipes with the banana in the tailpipe going on where we weren't allowed to express some stuff or even still express some stuff. Um, I know I was, I saw a clip on a, uh, Instagram recently and one guy was talking about he was like yeah it's like a lot of men are afraid to share emotions sometimes because especially when they're directly talking about with women because they're afraid of getting their emotions blackmailed against them right Uh, so so that's that's a whole nother thing but really being able to work it all goes back to the work of self and the work of what we are doing and what we identify with and being expressed that but then also then flipping it on the other side and being able to see where another person is coming from and identify and and allow them to to be themselves, even to the ability of what they know themselves are today. Because we can maybe try to jump them to level 10 and they just had one. And we have to come to agreement with ourselves. Are we willing to work with them or are we not? And that's where it is. Or can we refer them to somebody else um, with whatever it is? So, man, I'm so thankful for you uh, for, for being able to, to hop on here and have another dope episode. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm believing that this is going to get you a couple more clients. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it's just going to be the, the maturation of this all. And so, um, you know, I got to ask you right now, like, uh, what are you digging on? What, what are you currently digging on in your life? Man. Uh, so I thought of five or six different things, but I'm going to just share one. One of the things I'm really digging on right now is my own personal pride. Oh, and seeing how how my pride uh, influences a lot of my decisions mm. or lack of making healthier or healthier decisions. Yeah. Uh, and one of the ways 
ways I see it really working out is is thinking I can handle a lot of things on my own mm-hmm. and I need more help. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things in my personal life are, you know, things that I've never encountered before, but I'm trying to work through them all on my own without getting input. Yeah. And that's not okay for me. Mm-hmm. And so just looking at my pride and trying to make better decisions, more healthier decisions, more mature decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I'm digging on. And, you know, again, fall season's dear man, it's my first love sport. So, you know, trying to make sure I take care of myself and and watch as much football as possible uh and while i got time yeah oh no i i I dig it um funny i dig it for me right now is uh is wisdom i'm really just like working on wisdom and breaking down wisdom as as understanding it as wise judgment okay Um, and so and then also what it produces um if you if you want to look that up go ahead and look at uh James 3, 17 and 18. It, it'll show you what wisdom produces. It's it's super powerful. Um, nice. Of what that is. And then in the same similar football season is coming around. And then I also like college ball. So my hurricanes, we're looking to make some noise this year. Um, okay. and 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 come and come back and bring that you back. So um I guess it, I think it's definitely <laughs> also I also was driving home yesterday and I saw a guy and he had a Miami. Uh, hurricanes uh license plate placard and he had the u on the back of his car so i was like oh it's it's a sign so <laughs> <laughs> okay oh so even all the way out here in cali nice. we, we we got we got hurricanes repping so um everybody thank you for listening again um you know shout out like let us know what you heard about this uh chuck they want to reach out to you how can they reach out to you uh therapy.com m-y-n-i-c-h-e-t-h-e-r-a-p-y.com all right y'all i mean i'm telling you this 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 is a very talented man you heard him if you didn't hear him on the previous episode go ahead and check him out then and then we got more episodes to come you know what this is this is the dig on doug podcast appreciate you all make sure you like subscribe share this with your family with your friends this is some good stuff here. And I just love having these great conversations with people and just being able to ex- express ourselves and then also spread wealth of knowledge into to becoming better and more developed humans. We evolve every day if we allow ourselves to go through what we're going through. So with that being said, peace out. Love you. Love you, Chuck. Until next time, y'all, keep digging. Peace out. <laughs>